This is Photo Biz X, episode number 455, and today we are talking portrait photography and how to build a luxury photography brand, make amazing sales, attract fantastic clients and a large number of them, and utilizing digital files as the primary offering. Our special guest who is doing exactly this in the maternity and newborn market is Lindsay Walden, and that interview is coming up in just a minute. Are you planning to have a successful wedding and portrait photography business? Join Andrew as he interviews successful photographers and business experts to fast-track your success. Welcome to the Photo Biz Exposed podcast with your host, Andrew Helmich. Hey, it's Andrew Helmich here from Impact Images and welcome to this episode of the podcast. I think you are going to get a ton from what Lindsay shares in the interview that's coming up in just a minute. And one of the things I do reference right at the very start, at the intro for Lindsay, is her website. And it truly is amazing. We're going to get into that in just a minute. But I did want to highlight the fact that she utilizes video on her website. And I'm just coming off the back of another run of the Daily Vlog Challenge. And I just wanted to reiterate that if you are not utilizing video in your business, you absolutely need to be. I woke up this morning to a fantastic review in Google from one of the participants from the most recent vlog challenge, and that's Chris Miller of Mill Pet Photography. He's based in the UK. I'm just going to read his review to highlight how video has already changed his business. He says, the vlog challenge from Andrew has completely changed my confidence and online engagement in the three weeks that the course runs for. I never would have thought that it would have paid for itself before the course finished. If Andrew had suggested to me three weeks ago that by the end of the course, I'd be using Bonjoro for video client inquiry follow-ups and would have a weekly video post series on LinkedIn, I'd never have believed him. My first client inquiry follow-ups as a video personal message through Bonjoro have created two confirmed and paid for new photo shoots, more than covering the cost of the course. In addition, I've now launched a weekly video series on LinkedIn. Inside the first 24 hours, I've had over 680 views and truly engaged comments with an increase of 30 LinkedIn followers on the same day. He goes on to say that Andrew's personal coaching and generous feedback from the rest of the class has given me the confidence to just do it. Thank you so much. So how good is that? First up, congratulations, Chris. That is amazing. I'm looking forward to hearing how all this progresses and I'll obviously see your posts inside LinkedIn as well. And I, I do hope you continue with that because that really is a great way to get out there and reach new potential clients. Uh, yeah, so <laughs> for you, the listener, are you utilizing video in your business yet? Are you using video for your inquiry replies to help new leads put a, a face to the name and get a sense of your personality? What about doing something like Chris is doing with his little video series on LinkedIn. Super simple. And if you go and check him out on LinkedIn, you'll see that this little series is focused on leaving reviews for other businesses that he's had interactions with. This is something that we cover in the Daily Vlog Challenge. As you can imagine, it's a great way to get noticed by the businesses that you're talking about, that you're referring. And at the same time, you're just being genuine and helpful by recommending someone that you've had an interaction with and enjoyed. It's so, so easy. And you can be doing the same thing on your social media profiles. 
It doesn't matter whether it's LinkedIn, Instagram, TikTok, Facebook, on your own blog, on YouTube, it doesn't matter. But if you're recommending and referring other businesses that you've had dealings with, even if they're not in the same space as you, but they are servicing your clients, what a fantastic way to get known and get your name out there to network and build relationships with other businesses in the community. It's so simple. Just wanted to share that with you and just highlight the importance of video if you're not already using it in your business. Alrighty, I feel like I've been on my high horse already. <laughs> Let's get on with the rest of this show. You're listening to Photo Biz Exposed with your host, Andrew Helmich. Just before we jump into this interview with Lindsay, if you are hearing this announcement, it does mean you are listening to the free version of the podcast. Now, what that means is you won't hear the full interview today with Lindsay. I am saving a large portion of the second half for premium members only. If you are loving what Lindsay shares in the first half, there's no doubt that you will because she is an amazing business operator and you'd like to hear the full interview. You can do that for as little as $1 with a 30-day trial membership. Just head over to photobizx.com forward slash try for more details on that. Welcome to another great eye for business. It's time for Andrew's special guest. I don't know about you, but when I visit a photographer's website, the about page is usually my first stop. I want to know whose work I'm seeing and reading about. In the case of today's guest, visit her about page and you'll immediately know this is a professional photographer studio. The lead image is a total wow factor for photographers and I'm sure for clients too. And if you go a bit deeper and you check out the pricing page, you'll see that her clients all attend a pre-session design consultation to discuss everything they need to know about their newborn or family session. They learn about a booking fee starting at $350 and collections starting at $2,900. My next stop on the site was her finished artwork page on a website. And there's an embedded video that says it all. There's a mum featured in the video and she sees her amazing photos for the first time and her husband sitting beside her with their other child and the newborn. And his expression tells you he knows he's going to be spending big that day, no matter what his plans were before coming in. How could he possibly say no to anything after seeing his wife's face light up? I'm so looking forward to diving in and learning more from this talented photographer and I'm guessing savvy business operator today. I'm talking about Texas-based mother of three, newborn and maternity photographer, Lindsay Walden. And I'm wrapped to say that she's with us now. Lindsay, welcome. Thank you so much for having me. So how does it feel hearing someone else talk about your website like that? Is that the impression you get from clients? Oh, I'm totally blushing. <laughs> Um, no, that just makes my heart sing because, you know, as business owners, you put in so much thought into every word that goes into every little thing you do, including your website content. You don't want it to be too much. You don't want it to be too little. And you just expressed exactly what I've tried to convey with my website. So that makes me super happy. Um, <laughs> but yes, the feedback I get from clients, one of my favorite things is that I have a hair and makeup artist that works with most of my clients. And she'll be in the other room getting them ready prepped for their maternity session say and she always asks them a series of questions like what made you pick Lindsay and I'm always like listening in <laughs> in the, from the other room um, and so I love when I hear that kind of feedback from them where they're talking to someone else about my website and how they they loved the videos and how they loved the interaction that I have with my clients and with their babies and so yeah I love hearing that 
it's interesting to hear you, and I was going to bring this up, that you have a makeup artist. So although you're a newborn and maternity photographer, it sounds like the mums have a makeover for every session as well. Yeah, pretty much. I'd say probably 98%. There's very few that won't do professional hair and makeup with me. Um, it is an add-on too. So it's not included in session. Um, I think part of that is um, I'm a newborn and maternity photographer, but I really am a photographer of women. I feel like at newborn sessions, the family images, the mom images are some of the most important. When I first started out, I hated doing those because I didn't feel like you could be as artistic with those as you could with say, just na- just the baby. But I found that no matter the quality of the image, they would buy it because it was important to them. So I decided that I really wanted to focus on making sure that those were images that those moms would love. So they would want to keep them for their babies and providing the hair and makeup and making that just a really exceptional experience as part of that. So does the dad, the father, the partner, do they, are you always pushing to have them as well? Or is it more about mom and baby? No, dads are absolutely, I, I want them there, especially for the newborn session, but for the maternity session as well. I think it's important that they're there. So even if they say, well, they're not really interested in being there, I usually give a little pep talk of why it's important. And I also promise that it's going to be super easy. So like for the maternity sessions, I typically have the client arrive a couple hours before their session for hair and makeup. And then depending upon the gown she's selected and the type of shoot we're doing, I give her an estimate of when her husband would need to arrive. And then I tell him, look, 20, 30 minutes, and then he's out. And my favorite thing is at the end when the dads like fist bump me and we're like, that wasn't so bad. (laughs) And same thing for newborn sessions that have the mom arrive with baby. I photograph baby while the mom's getting their hair and makeup done, which is amazing because then they're in another room. They're not stressed about what I'm doing with baby. If it's not going the greatest and baby's a little bit fussier, they don't even know. And I don't have those like hormones from mom that baby's smelling and making them even more anxious. And it helps me to stay calm too. So they just remember having this amazing experience. And then by the time they're finished with hair and makeup, that's usually when I have dad arrive. And if there's any older siblings, I have them arrive around that time too. And then we just crank out those family, uh, sibling and individual parent images at the end. So it's quick and easy and fun. And everybody's thrilled by the end. (laughs) Well, I've got two burning questions in relation to what you just shared. If the mother is choosing the gown, I know you have a big collection of things to choose from and they're on your website. I can even see them in the background now. How do you, or what do you tell dad to bring? So with moms, it depends on what the gowns that the mom has chosen. Usually I can get an idea of this style that we're going to go for for dad, but I keep it pretty simple. I don't want uh, a lot of busy uh, patterns usually for dads. So I suggest like a solid colored button down shirt. Or if they've picked a gown that's a little bit more casual, it could just be even like a, a nicer t-shirt or a polo or something like that. But it is the opportunity for the dads to express their style a little bit. So I have a surprising number of dads who they want to wear their name brand colored shirt and a nice watch. And they'll even ask me what shoes. And I'm like, your shoes aren't even in the picture. Like, it doesn't matter. But they're like super excited to show off their shoes. <laughs> I've had dads like, which glasses should I wear? So some of them really get into it, which I think is fun. So it kind of depends on the dad. But oftentimes when I tell them, look, you can show up in dark slacks and a white button down. And they're like, great, done. (laughs) They don't want to stress about it. So it kind of depends on the client. But I usually try to keep it pretty simple. Cool. Okay. And I don't know if this is a weird question, but do the guys have any makeup or hair done as well? I don't offer any makeup. I have had... A dad who that was just part of his lifestyle, who we talked about doing hair and makeup. Ultimately, he didn't end up doing it. 
So that was the only time I've ever had even had have had that discussion with the dad. Um, I tell them like, if they're worried about anything, I'm going to fix it in post. Um, sometimes they'll jokingly say, can you give me more hair? And I'm like, yeah, I can. <laughs> and they're like, really? Can you do that for me? Like, so I'm like, sure. Yeah. I can pretty much do whatever you want. Um, so most of the dads, this is more for their family. They love the way they look ultimately, because I'm going to make sure that they look great too. And if it involves taking a few pounds off for them or filling in a bald spot, like I just take care of that. And they never, sometimes they don't even know. They're just like, this is my favorite picture I've ever had of me. And I, I'm not going to point out, well, yeah, that's because I made you look skinny. <laughs> just ignore that. <laughs> but yeah. Um, yeah. So usually it's the moms getting their hair and makeup. Sometimes the dads like to come and hang out while their wife is getting their hair and makeup done. And so I keep in my hair and makeup room for the moms and for the dads and anybody else that comes all kinds of snacks and refreshments. And then I have a TV and I always give the dads the remote so they can be in charge. But I keep a, a fairly comfortable couch in there with lots of pillows, especially for the newborn. They usually just take a nap, which is great. So good. Let me just take you back again to what you said earlier about, you know, while the mum's having her hair and makeup done, you take the newborn baby into another room. Is that something that you have to build up to? Or, I mean, again, I'm not a mum. I'm certainly, I'm a dad. But how comfortable are the women with you taking their newborn to another room? Sure. So we've done a pre-session design consultation. So these women have met me already. And by the end of that, we always hug. Like, I'm a hugger. Of course, COVID has made that a little bit more awkward. So, but usually by the end, like we've gained a rapport. Um, I will say that the hair and makeup room, it's actually behind me, it has barnwood doors and I keep them open for the most part. And that way they don't feel like I'm shutting them off from what I'm doing with the newborn. And I, I'll tell them like, if they're more than welcome to come out, but usually what I do is because I don't want them to come out. I want them to stay in here and makeup done and get their, their hair and makeup done quickly so that we can get on to their portion of the session. Um, so usually what I do is strategically at certain points, um, maybe I have baby in like a cute bonnet or a cute little outfit. I'll get my shot. And then while my assistant is cleaning up that scene that we've just shot, I go in to say hi to mom and say, look at your baby in this cute bonnet. I do that probably at, I don't even know. I just kind of intrinsically know about how much time has gone by when I need to go pop in and just say, Hey, baby's doing great. Best baby ever. And that like, just helps mom to feel like, Oh, things are going well. I don't want her stressing about anything. Even if it's been horrible, I know I'm going to get enough images to be able to create a beautiful gallery for them, no matter what. Like, that's just my strategy is, is I'm going to get beautiful shots, whether I have to wrap that baby for every single image or whatever it is. Um, I've never, ever, knock on wood, never had to reschedule a newborn session in 12 years of doing this. Um, wow. Just always get it done. But if I pop in and just like, let mom see baby, say hi, reassure her things are going great, then she doesn't even stress about it. So good. I'm getting the impression that you are strategic about the things you do. How successful is your business? Honestly, it's just like a dream come true. I don't even know if I can say that because I didn't even realize when I started that my business could become what it is. I just remember I started out, uh, it's kind of hard to say when I really started as a business. <laughs> um, about 13 years ago, my daughter was born and I had a friend who asked if she could do newborn pictures for my daughter. And I didn't even know what she was talking about. And so that was my first experience with what newborn pictures were. She'd never done it before, but I still treasure those images. And even this week, I was looking at those with my daughter, which was really fun. 
that started my interest. And so within a year, I was then getting some practice with friends, babies, and then it just kind of blossomed from there. But now I have a really successful business. I make more money than my husband does, like significantly more. And he keeps threatening to quit his job and come work for me, which I don't think would go well. (laughs) (laughs) I just never dreamed that it could be as successful as it is. And I think I have like a business degree. And so I always knew that I would do something with my degree, but I, I just hadn't up to that point. I'd kind of done other things and worked in other industries. And so to be a small business owner and a mom and have that flexibility has been amazing. So I'm just thrilled. I love what I do. I love my clients and I love helping other photographers too, to kind of achieve that same dream. Wow. What kind of revenue are you doing? So this last year I was around 460,000 gross. Wow. Amazing. Yeah, it was amazing. And every year I've just seen that continue to grow. So I'm hoping for that cool half million to reach that this next year. And I just, I know I can do it. I already am on track. I've had a great first, we're not even finished with the month and it's been a great first month. So on track for a good year. Congratulations. Congratulations. That is incredible. And you know, what's been amazing too, is even through this pandemic and all the insecurity of that, I've had my biggest sales and I've seen my revenue continue to grow. And that may be a whole nother discussion, but I felt like as a luxury brand within the photography business, that it kind of gave me a little bit more security because my clients, I never saw a dip other than when we were closed. But even then I still had the revenue coming in from sales from before. And I had people still booking with me, even though we were closed. It was kind of remarkable. So Wow. I mean, I've talked a lot about your studio in the introduction. Is that something do you own? Do you lease the space? And how many staff do you have? So I'm currently leasing my space. My goal is in the next five years to either build or buy a commercial space. We're looking at that as like a potential retirement of having a space that we can then sublease. I have big plans for that. I'm just currently kind of locked into the lease that I'm at right now. I love the space that I'm at. It's just not big enough. So I have a storage unit nearby because we literally have like a bathtub that we put on a cart and have to wheel from the storage unit into the studio whenever I use that. So I have all kinds of things over in the storage unit. So sorry, you're gonna have to ask the question again. (laughs) It's gone. (laughs) Uh, Staff. I'm just curious about expenses, you know, to have a a revenue like, you know, close to half a million dollars. Are there a lot of outgoings with that revenue? Yeah. So because at this point, I'm the only photographer at my business, I have to outsource as much things as I can because I'm the photographer and I'm the business owner. So I have one full-time staff member right now. I've had three part-time in the past, uh, three or two or one, and it kind of ebbs and flows. I think it really depends on the personality of who you have working for you. Right now, I have a full-time person who she does the work that I feel like four people should be doing. (laughs) She's amazing. She can get everything done. So she really takes care of a lot in the business, a lot of client correspondence and a lot of bookkeeping and things like that. But then I also outsource my editing, which is a huge chunk of any photographer's time. And I outsource everything else that I can think of. My marketing, I I have a marketing firm that does a lot of my marketing. I'm still very hands-on with my marketing too, but they help with a lot of things. And I have like an IT expert who helps with a lot of things and with the website, outsource cleaning the studio. I have a, a lawyer who helps with a lot of like little things with the business, the CPA, all of those things. So I have one full-time employee, but I feel like every day I'm talking to multiple people who are 
doing different things. So I have other contractors that do different things for the business as well. And do you actually outsource things at home as well, like, you know, cleaning and looking after the garden and the house so that you can spend time with the kids? Or are you still looking after all that as well? Oh, no, 100%. Like, I can't. (laughs) I'm horrible at cooking. So we discovered HelloFresh recently, which has been great because we were just eating out way too much which my kids are all teenagers now. And so we've been enjoying having these kind of boxes where it comes and you can still cook the meal, but everything's there. Love that. And that's been great because it doesn't take as much time, but it's an easy to follow recipe. And my kids and I just love hanging out in the kitchen and cooking together and having a meal that comes out really great that we're like, wow, because I do not cook. Um, I have a, a fabulous housekeeper who has like a team of people that come and clean the house every week, but she also comes and cleans my studio and love her. And then I have an incredibly supportive husband. He does a lot for me as well. He's my handyman. He does a lot of stuff around the studio for me. But then I have three teenage children and, and they all consider themselves my slaves and they complain <laughs> all the time. <laughs> I mean, in fact, this, uh, this week, because Monday was a holiday, I made them all come in and do little jobs around the studio because my assistant's on vacation. So mean mom taskmaster. (laughs) You talked about increasing revenue, you know, year on year, and even last year during the pandemic. Do you see an increase in revenue because you take on more clients or because the clients you have spend more or because your prices have gone up? Probably all of those things. Every year, I evaluate my costs and actually more than once a year, supposedly quarterly, I go through and try to look at my cost of doing business and compare it with where it's at and where it should be at. That kind of helps me rein in my spending because as a newborn and maternity photographer, I spend a lot on gowns and props and things like that. And so if I can see, wow, I've already used like half of my prop budget and it's January, I know, okay, (laughs) rein it back a little bit. So I try to be really just on top of my numbers. I'm supposed to do it quarterly, but I don't. Ideally, at least twice a year, I'm going in and looking at my numbers and evaluating. And so what happens is probably every two years, but really it just depends on my numbers. I'll look at things and say, you know what? My rent has increased. The cost of goods has increased. Cost of shipping is increasing this year. And I'll make small jumps in my pricing. I'm already priced at the very high end of my market. And so I don't feel the need to make any big jumps at this point. Uh, I have a really nice average, usually between five to 6,000 per client. So I'm happy with that. And I have a number of clients every year who will spend five figures, something between 10 and 20,000. So I'm happy with those numbers, but I feel like I'm constantly fine tuning things. So small increase in like my booking fee this last year and a small increase in all of my collections, everything went up by a hundred or a couple hundred. So that maybe helps a little bit with revenue, but I'm always looking at how can I improve my marketing? And then I just have every year more and more clients returning. So I have new clients that, you know, will have another baby or they're coming back for a milestone session, or I offer family sessions exclusively for my past clients. I love this because I don't, I don't really love doing family sessions, but if it's somebody I know already, it's great. It's kind of fun. And if it's somebody that I already know, and I know they're going to spend a lot of money with me, it's even better. (laughs) Absolutely. And I don't have to do any work to like market to them. And my clients like it because it seems exclusive. 
I will tell them that I will take referrals for other types of sessions if it's from a past client, but they have to mention their name. So I get a couple of those as well. So it creates this kind of nice club, which really, I mean, that's part of being a luxury brand is you want that little sense of exclusivity anyways. Yeah, absolutely. Do you do the sales yourself or is that your full-time staff member? No, I do them myself. I would have a really hard time letting go of that. I feel like as the photographer, I really enjoy being in there in person. It's oh, I can reassure a client. They're like, oh, I love everything about that image, but I don't like the way my arm looks. And I'm like, oh, I can take care of that in a second. And I'll even do it real quick and show them. And they're like, okay, yes, I want that one. And we're going to get that printed huge. I don't know that having someone who wasn't the photographer, I'm sure it works great for other people, but I also have found that I'm good at it. Like I never thought I would be good at sales, but I'm good at helping. And that's what good sales is really, is just helping clients to achieve and get everything that they want and just making sure they don't walk out the door with anything that they might've possibly wanted. Yeah. So give me an idea. Like if someone's spending $5,000 or five and a half thousand, what am I walking out with generally? So to be honest, typically that is a lot, not a lot, but it's going to be between 15 and 17 digital images. So one of the things that I'm really passionate about as a photographer is that what we are creating really are the digital images. I love seeing clients have their artwork printed, but I feel like because what I make is the digital image that that's where I put my value. And so I charge for digital images at a very high premium. Now, what I do is like I have collections and those collections will come with a certain number of digital images, but then they'll also have those images in either a beautiful album or in a portfolio box. That's my way of ensuring that everybody gets something that's printed in a way that's going to look amazing that they take home with them. But then they also get the digital images, which is really what clients really want today. And then the collections come with an artwork credit that they can use for anything. And so that means they could use that if they want just to add more digital images or they could use it towards wall art. I like this because it keeps it flexible. It also means that if a client really like, I get a fair number of clients who just don't want wall art. They just want those digital images. And so I know they at least have their album, but then they have digital images and the cost of goods for that sale is extremely low for me. And so it's mostly profit, which is kind of amazing on a $6,000 sale. So Lindsay, I could be potentially spending five to $6,000 walking away with say 20 digital files and an album like would that be that's realistic wow so you know that this is like blowing listeners minds right now because because most of us <laughs> most photographers out there that are selling digital files like they're at the cheaper end of the scale that's the low value thing that you're adding on to increase your wall art sale yep. you're the opposite yeah and it drives me crazy it's honestly a pet peeve that i have about the industry is that we feel like in order to be successful, we have to sell wall art and albums and things like that. And I just, I don't think it's the case that when people, you know, you have little bickering fights on Facebook about whether you should do in-person sales or not. I'm all about in-person sales because I think it's an added level of luxury service, but it doesn't mean you have to sell wall art. Now I love selling wall art. And if you look in my studio, I have examples all over the studio and I definitely try to make that something that I want every client to walk away with. But ultimately as the artist, what I created is the digital image. And so I'm just not going to devalue that. So within uh, the collections, my digital images are, are a better value. But if you purchase them off the a la carte, they're 500 a piece. 
So $500, and that's printable up to an eight by 10. So if they want to use that digital image to print larger, they can purchase the full resolution digital image, but I charge even more for that. And I've never sold it because I honestly have it priced so high that it's, it's my way of saying no without saying no, you know, <laughs> I don't like to say no to clients, but if they ever come to me and say, well, what if I wanted to print this larger? I'd say, yeah, you can buy the full resolution one. And then, then when they ask, well, how much is that? And I tell them it's basically, I'm saying no. So if they want something larger, then you're then feeding them into the wall art sales. Yeah. So essentially like if they want a full resolution digital image, it's $3,000, but they could go ahead and buy the wall art depending on the size for maybe less, maybe more. It depends. And so I will sell them that, but I honestly have never had anybody do that. It's literally just my way of when I get that one dad who thinks he knows everything about printing, who's like, well, I want to be able to print these on my own. And I'm like, sure you can. It's 3000 for each image. And they're like, oh. So then they pick up the thing. Okay, let's look at your pricing for printing. It just is what it is. Yeah, I love this. So do you think, I mean, talking about the photographers arguing on a Facebook group about digital files and the value of them as opposed to wall art, it sounds to me, talking to you, it's really, it's what the artist values is where you position your pricing for the products that you sell. Yeah. Yeah, I feel like I've just kind of flipped the script of what a lot of photographers are doing where they're like, your digital images are relatively cheap, but they require them to also buy the wall art or they'll, they'll say buy the wall art and then you get the digital image for free. I would rather you like charge X amount for the digital image and then give them the wall art for free if you want to. Yeah. Because <laughs> what you're creating is that digital image. Like that's where your value is. And the other thing is that people are smart. Like they know that that album doesn't cost me two, three, four thousand dollars for that album. But I'm not selling them an empty album of just empty pages. I'm selling them the art that I created for them. And so I'm just re-emphasizing that when I'm selling them digital images as part of a collection. But I do strategically have like collections where the digital images, each collection comes with a certain number of digital images. And the higher the collection, the better the value is. So that, you know, when I tell them, you know, digital images are 500 a piece it's not $5,000 for 10 images. They can get a collection that's 3,900. They get 10 images. Plus they could actually add two more with their artwork credit and they get those images beautifully printed in either an album or a box. So it's worked really well for me. I've been doing this pretty much since I started in-person sales several years ago. And the way it's structured just really helps keep flexibility within the collections, keeps the focus on the images, which is what I created. They still get something printed, which is really important to me. And they get that, you know, that tangible thing versus just images to post on Facebook. And they feel like they got a good deal. Sure. Ultimately, like the higher the collection, the better the deal is. And that's what I want. I want them to come in and spend $7,000 and be like, well, it's a good deal. Yeah, that's, that's a win-win. Cool. Um, look, I might be off track here and we don't need to go deep into it if I am. But do you find that the clients have the same feeling about digital files that some photographers do that that's not where the value is? Like, and do you have to convince them like you have, I wouldn't say you convince me, but do you have to convince them that you believe the value is in the digital file? Premium members of PhotoBiz Exposed hear more of the best photography business strategies from every guest. A lot of times photographers are worried about their clients coming to them for a consultation 
for the session and then a reveal session as well. And then I have them come pick up their product from me. So that's at least four times. And if they're doing that maternity as well, then they come in an extra uh, few times for that as well. But I've had clients come from that client from Houston came in for their design consultation, drove in for the session and then drove in for the reveal because that was my process and they loved it. So. Lindsay, you are amazing. What an incredible business you've built. I don't know any newborn photographer listening who wouldn't want to work with you. (laughs) Who do you help? Like, does a photographer have to be high-end or wanting to be high-end? Is that who your target photographer client is? You don't have to be high-end. In fact, most of my students aren't when they come to me. You probably would want to be. (laughs) Uh, If you're wanting to be more high-volume and lower-priced, I think you can absolutely do that and do it successfully, but that's not my experience. So I wouldn't come to me for that. That's just, I I would totally refer someone to somebody else because that's not what I teach. But if you're looking to do more low volume, higher end clients, and when I say high end client, I'm not talking ultra wealthy. My clients are typically just normal, middle, upper middle class. And I get a lot of teachers and nurses and it's just really important to them. So they're willing to splurge on it. But if that is, if you have that devotion to, creating this amazing experience for your clients and you want them to have that hands-on experience with you and have less clients. And that's definitely something that I teach and I love it. I do very limited mentoring at this point because I make a lot more money as a photographer than I do as an instructor. So I offer one workshop a year and it's a big to do. It's a lot of fun. And then this year, I'm not planning on taking any one-on-one mentoring clients. Instead, I do have a course that's available online that that students can um, sign up for that's pretty comprehensive. Um, So the, if they're wanting something in person, the in-person workshop that's in February, it's kind of, I do it once a year because that's all I can schedule on my schedule. And then it always stresses me out because I have to turn away clients that month because it's so much work. And then the online class, we can take it anytime. Okay. And then the the big do that you put together or the, the course, the online course, do you cover business and shooting or is it all business? The online course is all business. It's called Pricing and Branding for the Luxury Market. And as you can see, that's what I'm all about. Yes. Is, uh, it, it walks students through that process of how uh, I price and, and different formats and different ways of strategically pricing to make sure that you're within the luxury market. And then how to create a brand and how to market to that luxury market. So the online course is um, pretty comprehensive and it's all about that. The in-person course, it's three days. Day three is already sold out. Day one is all about photography. We get a newborn client and then I hire a maternity model. So we going through, but even, even when I teach the technical side of things, I'm very focused on the end result, which is my paycheck. And so when I'm teaching like my approach for a newborn session, it really is very much about how am I going to make the most money from this session? I mean, that sounds, I don't know, almost crass, but like ultimately bottom line, like I'm, I'm doing this so that I can help support my family. And so that's what I'm focused on. And so my teaching as I'm teaching, I'm like, and if you have a fussy baby, then just do this and you'll still get the beautiful images you want. So that's day one of the workshop is the newborn and maternity photography. And then I'll go over some editing and prepping things for printing and sharpening for print. Yeah, Cause that's obviously something that's important too. And then day two is 
all about the business covers a lot of the stuff that's on the online course, but it's in person and more hands-on and helping my students go away with numbers and with pricing that's going to work for their business to help them to reach that luxury client. Love it. Love it. Lindsay, where's the best place for listeners to go and see more of your work, find out about your course and follow you? Yep. If you go to my website, which is just www.lindsaywaldenphotography.com, I have a section called For Photographers. And then you'll find the online course, the um, pricing and branding for the luxury client, and then the workshop, which is almost sold out. We just have one more spot for day one and day two, which day two is the business side. And then I have a couple spots left for day one. Okay, well, we might look at trying to fill 2023 for you rather than 2022. <laughs> I know. I'm actually trying to decide what I want to do. I have this big idea of actually doing a destination retreat instead of doing it in my studio and actually going to a luxury resort and doing it. In Australia. <laughs> oh my gosh, how amazing would that be? If you have the overwater bungalows, help me figure it out. That was my goal. That's like my bucket list thing. And I know enough people who'd want to do that. Yeah, that would be amazing. That might be the Maldives. <laughs> Close enough, exactly. right? Yeah, exactly, exactly. <laughs> yeah, that would be amazing. Uh, Lindsay, look, you have been absolutely amazing. Again, congratulations on your success. What a business. Thank, Thank you, you for coming on and sharing what you have. Absolutely. It's been a pleasure. I hope you enjoyed that interview with Lindsay as much as I did. Lindsay, if you are listening, again, thank you so much for coming on and sharing everything you did. What an incredible business. What an amazing studio. Uh, I love everything you had to share. So again, thank you so much, Lindsay. For you, the listener, I do hope you got a ton from what she had to share. If there was something in particular that you thought, yes, absolutely, I can utilize that in my business, I would love to hear about it. I'm sure Lindsay would too. If you feel inclined, leave a comment in the comments area of the show notes. And this week, They are at photobizx.com forward slash 455. Now in those show notes, I've got examples of Lindsay's beautiful work. There are links to anything and everything that she mentioned. At the very bottom, you'll find the comments area. And of course, if you are a premium member, I'll be adding Lindsay into the members Facebook group. So you'll have easy access to her there. Maybe you have a follow-up question or there was something I didn't ask that you wish that I did. You can hit her up there in the members Facebook group. You're listening to the number one photography business podcast with Andrew Helmich, photobizx.com. Okay, that is just about going to wrap up this episode of the podcast. I've just rejoined the local gym, which means I've got to try and fit that in somehow now into my daily or I guess three or four times a week routine. I never really look forward to going to the gym, but I'm always happy once I've been. Are you the same <laughs> if you go to the gym? I don't feel that same way about cycling. I'm, I'm happy to get on my bike, get out there and ride. But yeah, the gym just doesn't have the same attraction. But I know it's, it's good and healthy for me. I was about to say at my age, but I think that's probably true no matter your age. But if you are an older photographer and you do think about your age, you'll probably love last week's interview with Christine Montemaro. If you haven't checked that one out, go back and have a listen to that one. And I can tell you that Christine is by no means old and neither am I, I'll have you know. In fact, she is still doing incredible things, not only in her business, which she has adapted to suit the way that she wants to live and work, but she's also an incredible, she'll probably balk at the term athlete, but she's taking on these crazy long runs, which I would 
most likely frame as adventure runs. Anyway, go back and have a listen to that interview if you feel like your business isn't the way you envisaged it should and could be, or maybe you're a little bit older and thinking, wow, can I really do this for the next 10 or 20 years, or do I have to look for something else? That's last week's interview with Christine Montemorrow. Alrighty, that is it for this episode of the podcast. Have a fantastic week. Stay safe, healthy, and well wherever you are in the world. I'll be back next week with another interview. Until then, bye for now. If you have enjoyed this episode, head to photobizx.com. Join the conversation, leave a comment, and share your thoughts on the interview with Andrew and today's special guest. 